This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 303, Expert Panel Episode, Bank on Yourself, Client Stories. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is not your average financial podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, what is even better than a five-star review on this podcast? Well, it's actually sharing it with a friend. More people find podcasts because friends recommend it than any other way. So hit that share button in your podcast app and send this episode to a friend right now. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a copy of our favorite book free of charge. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. You found us in the middle of a recurring occasional series where I get to hang out with some of my best friends in the universe who are all working as bank-on-yourself professionals across the country. In this episode, I'm joined by some of the most intelligent and creative financial professionals in the industry, helping their clients use bank-on-yourself, the strategy, in some unbelievably creative ways. And you're going to get to hear what those were in today's episode. So sometimes clients bring the ideas. Other times we bring our ideas to them, but it's in the dialogue, the back and forth that really creates something special. You can listen to all the creative ways folks have used the bank on yourself strategy across multiple financial advisors in today's episode and really have a sort of buffet of resources for you as you might consider how you could implement a similar strategy in your own life. You'll hear stories about how a couple with $50,000 in unsecured debt, spending $9,000 a month on payments, were able to pay off their debt using Bank on Yourself, even when they thought it wasn't possible. You'll hear about how folks are using their policy to become their own escrow account for their real estate, and how another client was able to get a loan for a real estate deal because they had a big pile of cash on their balance sheet. These strategies and many more will help you think about just how infinite this strategy really can be for you, your family, and your business. So please check out the show notes to see how you can get in touch with one of these amazing professionals working tirelessly to help their clients reach their goals and to bank on themselves. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hey, hey everybody. Yeah. All right. Good to have everybody here. We got a lot of bank on yourself professionals. A lot of the people I get to hang out with and enjoy speaking with from all over the country. Let's just do a quick round here. Would you mind telling us your name and where you're from? Amanda Neely, and I'm located in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am Brandon Neely, and I'm located a uh, room over from Amanda in Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, great. Who's next? Dan Morse, Daytona Beach, Florida, and I have clients all over the country. I am John Ensley, and I'm out near the Puget Sound in Washington State. All right. I'm Grant Thompson, and I'm in Amarillo, Texas. Gary Ibrahim, and I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Steven Stepp from Los Angeles, California. So we've really got folks in just about every time zone here together today. And we like to have Bank on Yourself professionals come on the podcast because it's a meaningful strategy that's helped literally 
thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people across this country for the last 200 plus years, whole life insurance has been a part of people's portfolios. So what I wanted to do is explore stories. Uh, I think, honestly, you guys are chock full of amazing stories. There are so many ways to use this tool, this bank on yourself tool, uh, that it kind of boggles the mind. Some say it's even infinite. Tell me a story of a time in which your client gave you use case of how Bank on Yourself has changed their life. Uh, a number of years ago, there was an excellent book published called The Secrets of Lifetime Financial Security. Uh, you may be familiar with it. And one of my favorite stories from Bank on Yourself was one that I contributed to that book. And in it, I was a husband and wife that to keep it short, had basically like $50,000 in unsecured debt in addition to their mortgage. They have like $16,000 of credit card debt. They have like $30,000 in student loans and other debt. And they were spending $9,000 a month just going out every month to make, pay principal and interest on these debts. And so they felt that there wasn't any way that they could save using the bank on yourself system. And what we did was we also found out that in our exploration with them that they had like twenty to twenty-five thousand in the stock market. And they also had that wasn't doing that well. And they also had like a CD that was coming due shortly that had about thirty-three thousand dollars into it. And I went through the whole banking structure system with them and I explained to them that they had put in about fifty thousand dollars into the banking system, the banking pool. And of course, the banks know exactly what they're doing and and they never fail or or not do the right thing with the money, right? <laughs> and then suddenly, the news. they, but at the same time, they had pulled out in, in the course of all these loans, $50,000 from the banking system. And I looked at them and I, I asked them, whose money did you borrow? And then again, it took them about a minute. They realized we borrowed our own money. Mm -hmm. put $50,000 into the banking pool. We've pulled out $50,000 in the bank. And the net result is we're sending $9,000 a month to somebody else's bank. Mm. And none of it's coming back to us. And then when I came back the next week and explained that with bank on yourself, you get to be the bank. You get to have that $9,000 a month coming back to you. And when it's all done, you'll recapture all the money that you were paying for all these different loans. And then moving forward, you'll have a system so that you don't even have to create those debt levels again. So that's actually my favorite story. I tell it all the time. I told yeah. it last week to somebody and exactly the same reaction. And their eyes just kind of popped open and like, they, they got it. That was their moment where they got it. Steven, it's true, man. We don't realize that we are the product of the banking system. We are the product of the banking system when we use traditional mainstream banks. Thank you for that. That's quite a story. Yeah, Dan Morris from Daytona Beach, Florida. Had a uh, lead come to me, this was about four years ago, and um, he was selling the business over time. I think it was a five-year cash out deal. He got a real nice lump sum, and he, he put in there about 700000 to start, and he had a pretty high uh, 10 pay. He said, you know, I want to fund this over the next 10 years. He did that. Lo and behold, last year, he moved to Daytona Beach, and he used his policy while he was waiting for his multi-million dollar house to sell to buy this house down here for 500000 So he used the 
500000 out of his policy, purchased the house. He was so happy. And then his house sold a couple months later. He paid it all back with interest. And he's so happy about his return. And I continually help him every year. It's a fantastic story. And, you know, there's, there's a, a wide range. And one of the things I love about the work we do is that you can literally be an accredited investor. You can be a high net worth individual and benefit from Bank on Yourself Designed Life Insurance. Or you could be just, just getting started in your life. I'll tell a quick story and then I'll let somebody else go. There was a couple I met 10 years ago and they were just getting started, just barely married. And uh, they started two very modest policies. Okay, a couple hundred bucks a month. That's what they could do. And at the time, it was a stretch. Anyway, fast forward a few years. They thought they were only going to use that policy for retirement, strat- you know, saving for retirement. They've since used it for home rehabs, purchases, you know, a baby or two on the way that needed some atten- medical attention. And his words to me when I met with uh, the husband there just recently for a six-month review was, he's able to prep for retirement even as life is coming at him at 100 miles an hour and he keeps needing to use the policies for borrowing and so forth. And if he had just saved that money for the rehabs and the kids and all that, he would have never been ready for retirement. But as it happens, the cash is continuing to grow and compound as if he hadn't borrowed the money out. So he's not sacrificing his future retirement on the limited money they could afford to save at the time. So I felt like, you know, hey, at the high end and at the starter end, we're able to serve clients really at all levels uh, across the economy. I'm Grant Thompson, uh, one of the professionals and that owns a business. He had contacted me and we started talking about his business. You know, so one thing we were really trying to do is create a, a plan, a policy, a strategy for his business. So he had the money he needed for that business to, you know, just slowly getting banks out of their lives. You know, you like to tell the story about the umbrella when it rains versus when the sun's shining, but that's what happens. And we set up quite a few policies for him. We got them for his wife. You know, one thing that we did too is we started, he's wanting to bring on partners by sale agreements. He loves it so much that he's putting it on his employees, which is phenomenal. And reminded me because we just started another one where he's put 15 grand a year and for his favorite employee. There's just so many infinite ways of using these. But, you know, really these business owners having control of their money and getting it in a position that they could be using it to expand. Because at some point, we've got that money to take care of them for the rest of their life and leave the legacy they want for their kids someday. No, that's a great story. But why would a business owner choose to do life insurance on the employees? What I like about it with qualified accounts, you got to do it on everything, everybody. And they're expensive. Qualified accounts like 401ks, that sort of stuff. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. So when you do those type of accounts, you've got a lot of rules you got to follow. And with these types of accounts, it's super simple. It's a lot more cost effective and they like it better because you got to think about on the living side, how their employees could be using this account Mm -hmm. for themselves to help them in emergencies. How many times... Has that happened for one of your employees? And let's think about one more thing, and I'll, I won't go too far, but in a 401k, you know, what if you lose your employee? What if they pass away? What about their family? You can pick and choose who you do these for, by the way. But, you know, this is someone maybe it's a really important person to your firm, you know, and you lose this person. Now you've got 
the spouse and the kids to be thinking about. So whatever's in that 401k or whatever you've done there, that's what's in there. And guess what? It's mm-hmm. all taxable. Where you've got the life insurance benefit, all of a sudden now you've done something. You know, now we brought something important like a lot of tax free money that could make sure the spouse and the kids are taken care of because as much as you want to as an employer, as much as you love them, you probably can't continue to pay your dead employee's salary to that family for the rest of their life. That's right. Unlikely. Mm-hmm. So why not give them something more valuable and create this and then you can stack on some other things with it. But And you get to tax deduct it and they get this phenomenal benefit if you do this correctly. And there are different ways of doing it. Don't look at it from one way, but it's certainly something I think it's super important and employees love it. Once they understand it, you know, it's, it works great. Love that. Love it. Grant, that's a great one, man. And guys listening, um, I have a story I'm going to share only if we have time for it and toward the end. So you got to stick to the end for a story on how a family used this same concept for their employees who were their kids. So we'll talk about that if we get to the end here. Let's hear somebody else. Somebody jump in again, say your name and where you're from, and tell us a story about how you helped work with a client to change their life, family tree, their business, and uh, anything else. Hey, Mark. John Inslee from uh, Washington State. And one, I think one of the wonderful things about what we do, these stories, they never really have an ending, right? They just continue to develop over time. A client that comes to mind that I'll tell a story about, he's, uh, again, like many of the others here, is a business owner. He owns a chain of fast food restaurants. Every time he opens a new location, there's always this challenge with getting the funding to to get the building built out, to do all the construction. You need capital to get that new location up and running, and it's not going to break even for a while. Right. So, and it's lines of credit, credit cards, whatever he could do to, to make it happen. So he was very intrigued by this idea, but he really had, you know, how am I going to fund it? I need, I need it now. Right. That the kind of that scenario. And then in the course, in our, in our discovery conversation, as we had more and more conversations, he, he mentions this Roth IRA that he's had, but of course, you know, I can't get any money out of that. I'm under 59 and a half. So I said, give the place a call and find out what your cost basis is and you know what you've got going on in there. So he calls me a couple of days later and he goes, well, I got good news and bad news. He said, the, the bad news is my, my Roth IRA really hasn't grown much in the years that I've owned it. The good news is that means I can get most of the money out of it without paying any tax on it. Um, and so that's what he did. He liquidated the Roth IRA, put a lump sum in the policy. And uh, within, I don't know, maybe a week of the policy being issued, he borrowed that lump sum back out of the policy and opened that, whatever it was, sixth or seventh location in his uh, chain of stores. And it was very interesting. He worked closely with his CPA. So he made a business loan to his corporation. His corporation, he allocated the payment across all six or seven business units. And if his CPA helped him with how much interest he could charge to do that and keep himself legal and above board. And that all worked out great. So I've been telling that story for 10 years now, right? This all was 10 years ago, okay? So most recently, he reached out. Now he's focused on retirement. So flash forward 10 years, the original policy, we've switched around so he's not paying premium into that policy anymore. Um, the cash, the policy loans are all paid off. Cash values six figures. It's looking great. Um, 
he now wants more policies, right? Because he's driving towards retirement now in the next 10, 15 years. And uh, so we took his 10-year term rider that was about to expire, converted it, has a brand new policy now without having to qualify on that 10-year term rider. And he took a pension that he's eligible to turn on, and he's funding a third policy with the pension. And the way it all maps out, by the time he retires in 10 to 15 years, between the three policies, he's going to have about half of his retirement income in tax-free income coming out of these policies, which, of course, will help him tax-wise all the way around. So it's kind of a tax story from beginning to end, but I love that it started 10 years ago. And that was a great story. And now it's become another great story. 10 years later, these policies just leapfrog through our clients' lives over their entire lives. And I think that's one of the most powerful things for people to get about it. This is a lifetime endeavor. That's right. It's not a single use pop can, is it? It's a lifetime of you know, ever-increasing cash efficiency. You got to have the imagination from the get-go as the advisor to think, hey, this guy's needing his his business capital today, but he's going to want retirement tomorrow. Well done. I'll go. Hi, this is Amanda from Cincinnati, Ohio. Four years ago, Mark published two episodes on this podcast. You can go back to them. Episodes 86 and 87, How to Get Wealthy While Paying Your Taxes, part one and then part two. Amazing episodes. We adopted what Mark talked about in that episode. We we hadn't been using our own bank and yourself policies to do that back then. And we started doing that that year. And we've been paying our taxes through policy loans ever since. And a bunch of our clients have too. We just took a policy loan. We're going to be sending that money to the Internal Revenue Service. But that money is still growing for us as if we didn't touch it, right? We're getting wealthy while paying our taxes. It's a beautiful thing. But it also got us thinking, well, what other taxes could we put into a policy as well? So in 2020, we purchased a home and this is not for everybody. Even our mortgage broker said to us, are, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, this nobody does this. Why are you doing this? We did, we self-escrowed rather than our than putting money on, on top of our principal and interest with our mortgage. We kept our insurance premiums and our property taxes as premiums for our policy. And then pay those bills straight from policy loans. And we've helped a bunch of clients do the same thing because they couldn't, they maybe did it as well as their income taxes or instead of their income taxes, if those had to be withheld from a W-2. And one client, he got a quote from his mortgage company with escrow in it. And he's like, no, no, no. I wanted a quote with, you know, no, with self-escrow. Don't set up an escrow for me. He got a new uh, quote for them, here's how much you need for closing. Here's how much it's going to cost. It was $5,000 less Wow! To, to not have to do all the setup escrow fees and all of that. Oh, wow. What, like what he can do so many cool things with that $5,000. Oh, he's, you know, in the state of California, maybe it's different there than other states in terms of how much it costs to get it set up. But how cool would that be, right? Like um, to get rich while paying your taxes, income and property. Love that. Great creative strategy. And self-escrowing is, you know, like a breath of fresh air. Why would we spend five grand just for the privilege of of having the fees taken every month after they went ahead and took the fees up front in the first place? So that's a great, great story, Amanda, and great reminder that every major purchase can be budgeted. If you're a good cash flow budgeter like Amanda and Brandon are, like so many listeners are, what could you not use your policy for in terms of major purchases? So that's great. Thank you. Sari, take us home, my friend. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sarah Ibrahim from Chicago, Illinois. I've been a bank on yourself professional since September 2019. So going on to uh, four years now. Can't believe it's been that long, but it's been awesome learning about this concept and working with everyone in the bank on yourself community. One of my close friends, he called me. He was in the process of buying a house in central Illinois. He's an entrepreneur, 1099 employee. And he had some issues with getting qualified for a loan. He didn't have like two years of experience and the tax returns and all that dilemma. And banks are always, as everyone's already mentioned so far, they're typically always in control uh, and, and very restrictive. Uh, and, I, and I mentioned to my, my client, I was like, you could be your own bank, right? You could take out a loan against your policy, use that, or you could use your whole property as collateral for a loan. So you can collaterally assign your policy to a bank using your whole policy as collateral. This way... You're not giving up other cash you have or other cash flows you have. So he was like, either scenario, he's like, that could work. He started the policy about six months ago. The point is here is I think that we just planted the seeds for the future. He's potentially planning on completely being his own source of financing. Fantastic. And I'm so proud and thankful for the work you guys all do uh, and uh, helping to change the trajectory of people's financial lives. I did promise a quick story and I'll keep this very brief. Uh, There was a young family who started policies on their kids because their kids became employees of their business. All right. The business owner was dad and mom. They deducted the contributions to a life insurance policy, insuring their young child, eight-year-old kiddo. All right. Doing sweeping up on the factory floor and that sort of thing. Uh, So parents get a business tax deduction. Kids get the money up to a certain limit without taxes due through the kitty tax exclusion. So they put that money where? Into a life insurance policy that never gets taxed while it's inside the contract. And then the kids someday, long time from now, can spend that money as income tax-free money in retirement and then leave it to the grandkids income tax-free. So we just had like like a five or six layers of a tax-free nacho dip there uh, that everybody could benefit from. If you own a business and have a kiddo or two, at least consider giving them a legitimate job and paying them up to the limits of that kitty tax. So that was my promise bonus story. But the key is, guys, to think outside the box. Where was Wall Street with any of this? Where was risk, undue, unnecessary risk with any of the stories you heard today? Where is it written that you have to put all your chips on red or black just to hit your financial goals? You don't have to. And these stories today are proof. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Mark. Wow. Thank you to all the Bank on Yourself professionals who came on today. It's unbelievable the great creative strategies you implement with your clients. It's not every day that financial advisors are willing and want to sit down and think about creative ways to solve problems. Most financial professionals, unfortunately, are just throwing some money into a portfolio and hoping to see you in 30 years. But when you can be present to empathize and to think creatively and to listen curiously, you can have some really fun uh, conversations with your clients who have real concerns that they need to address. Next, having ready access to cash can provide incredible opportunities, whereas typical financial planning keeps all of your money locked up for somebody else to enjoy. So many opportunities would have been missed in today's episode, all the stories that were shared. So many of those stories could not have happened if folks did not set up policies in advance of the emergency or the opportunity that they stumbled across. 
Next, working with an advisor who knows what they're doing is going to be key. You need a financial professional who understands the benefits of bank on yourself. Hopefully, hopefully, these stories today have helped you see just how incredibly resilient and creative the relationships are between bank on yourself professionals and their clients. So make sure you seek out a bank on yourself professional who can help you incorporate this tool into your financial plan. So those are my takeaways. What were your takeaways? I'd love to know what were your action items? What creative ideas did this spur for you? You can find me and chat with me at notyouraverage.mn.co. That's notyouraverage.m as in Mike, n as in Nancy, dot C-O. And we can have a conversation. So go to that site, sign in, and reach out to me and let me know what you thought of today's episode and where you'd like to take the podcast next. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.